Well, the federal government is dusting off a second World War era housing plan, and the goal is to ignite the pace of home construction in Canada. This was an announcement made by Housing Minister Sean Fraser, confirming what Global News had reported earlier in the week, that the Liberals are going to take that nearly 80-year-old program off the shelf and try and revamp it. It was run by what was at the time known as the Wartime Housing Limited, and it provided standardized housing blue prints to builders. So how could this work now? Let's talk a bit more about this with Mark Lee, Senior Economist at the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. Mark, thank you so much for taking some time this morning. Yeah, nice to join you. I know you've talked a lot, you've written a lot about housing and looked at the housing market and some of the challenges. What are your thoughts on the federal government dusting off this plan? Yeah, I mean, well, two things. I mean, first of all, I think the federal government is taking has been taking a, a real beating on housing over the past year. Uh, they're losing ground to the opposition, which has sort of claimed the high ground around uh, housing uh, affordability. Uh, so they've been launching uh, several measures to try to you know get back, uh, including you know removing the GST on on new purpose built rental housing. This one it feels a little bit like it's an important. A development, but by framing it as reverting back to the wartime effort and all of that, I think they're really overplaying what is actually um, on on the table. Um, so there's a bit of a political spin um, wrapping around all of this. But in a sense, the core idea is the Vancouver special. You know, listeners who've been driving around the Lower Mainland for years will have seen in Vancouver and in Burnaby and other municipalities this kind of standard boxy. Uh, Vancouver special. It, a lot of them were built over the 20 years from the sort of the mid 60s to the mid 80s. They had uh, they allowed you to have like a, a full apartment in the basement uh, first floor uh, as well as one above. So they became very popular with uh, immigrant families, multi generational families where you have the grandparents living down below uh, and that kind of thing. We've also done this type of thing in Little Orange Lane with a lot of the three and four story walk up apartments. Like they're all basically boxy, similar designs. So this is just a reversion back to those ideas. Uh, and I think really what we need in the moment is a modern version of the Vancouver special, like not the exact same thing that we had back in the 60s. But, you know, uh, you know, four to eight story multi-unit residential building built to the highest energy efficiency standards that are you know preparing us for the the, the world and the economy that we have, and then being able to replicate those, um, you know, in not just Vancouver and BC, but across the country uh, in ways that bring down the costs of developing new housing. So isn't this kind of, I know they're, they're billing it as, as reviving this World War II area plan, but isn't this exactly what the BC government has already announced in that putting the call out to get, I think it was 10 different designs that would kind of take the place of the, the Vancouver special model, that these would automatically be approved and, and even things that, that similar to the, what the federal minister was saying, that it would be include garden suites, laneway homes, different types of housing. It sounds very similar to what has already been announced by the BC government. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. I mean, obviously, this would be spanning across Canada, so accounting for some you know slightly dip, slight differences in climate conditions and, and that sort of thing. So it's good to see both the federal government and the BC government uh, appreciating the merits of this kind of approach. You know, you don't have to pay for architect fees uh, by having standard designs 
Uh, you can get them uh, more quickly approved by your local government. You know, it's been a major bottleneck for developers. Um, you know, all of those things just, you know, allow us to, um, to you know, produce housing more quickly uh, in line with the need for new housing uh, in Canada. And so this isn't going to revolutionize uh, housing development, but it's one small piece that I think can contribute to an overall uh, progression in terms of developing more affordable housing. Uh, but again, when you talk about kind of uh, overplaying it to, to what, what is actually in this announcement and what uh, the federal minister announced, and, and even uh, kind of going back to what the prime minister said a few weeks ago when he did a bit of an about face and said, well, actually, housing isn't a federal government responsibility. It's it's the province's which it is. So what what will this plan actually do if the provinces are already doing this? Well, it's hard to know. I mean, you think that uh, BC Housing on the one hand and CMHC, the federal crown corporation on the other, will be talking to each other. Um, maybe they need to have some sort of design competition so that they're not just inventing things out of their heads and expecting developers to, to build them. We want things that are going to work uh, in the in the local context. And we want a multiplicity of designs, um, you know, for different types of, of density and different types uh, of lots. So I think, you know, the devil's in the details around how this, this plays out. You know, certainly we have a federal government in here that's grasping at straws a little bit in terms of, of its housing agenda, uh, but it is moving in the right direction. It's just not as revolutionary as the news release would lead you to think. Right. Um, is, are they missing out on, on potential opportunities in that often when we look at uh, the federal government's role in housing, people will look back to when they were very heavily involved in housing co-ops and in rental housing and, and parts of the market that are really lacking right now. Is there room, do you think, or should they be focusing more on that? Yeah, I mean, I think both the federal government and the provincial government need to invest substantially in the development of new non-market housing. So, uh, you know, purpose-built rental housing that's run by nonprofits so that you're not being charged the, the most expensive market rents all the time. Cooperatives are a really good model. Both the feds and the province have talked about doing this for many years now, and they just don't seem to be um, putting the money on the table to get these done. And so certainly here in BC, we've seen some great reforms of late in terms of allowing more density and more capacity to be built. But private sector developers simply aren't going to build for low to middle income households because they're not profitable at the at the given the cost of housing uh, where it is uh, right now. So we really need those senior governments to step in and build the affordable housing that, that you know, just ordinary working uh, people who you know, don't have professional jobs, uh, that they're going to be able to live in and support a family. And does it also, I didn't see any mention of this in the announcement, but it's also great to have goals and to say this is really going to accelerate building and and do it in a way that's going to cut down on these fees. But it doesn't in any way address the labor shortage and the fact that even if you wanted to build, uh, greatly expand on building, there, there aren't the crews and even that's a huge challenge right now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that we need to ramp up in particular. I mean, one thing that you can do with this kind of more modularized housing approach with standardized templates is you can start to innovate around housing. So instead of building the house on site, uh, there are new modularized techniques that build the components in a factory, you know, far away uh, and then 
ship them on site for assembly. So it's a different type of labor requirement that you need, but there's potential for a lot of cost reductions by reducing the amount of labor per house uh, that you build uh, on site. So, but, but definitely it needs to be paired with, uh, uh, with uh, additional training and apprenticeships and uh, you know, a pipeline of, of skilled labor to make sure this can all happen. Mark Lee, we'll leave it there for this morning, but thank you so much for joining us. It was great chatting with you today. Okay, good to talk to you.